0: David, Jared, and Randy were 12, 18, and 19 years old when they passed away. And the tragedy of that experience and the impact on our family from a caregiving standpoint, you can imagine caring for two healthy children and three terminally ill children, right, within the family. So that became the impetus for starting Angel Aid. And I have to say, I've witnessed the power of philanthropy gathering together through, you know, living room parties and other events, every single dollar going into these research grants. And one of our research grants from 2002 went on to be the standard of care for young men with MPS today. So instead of passing away in their teens, these young men are going on infusion and going off to college. And so I've witnessed it. And technology is accelerating the pace of drug development so much that in my lifetime, I know we're going to see cures for these rare diseases. But that's where I kind of see the intersection of philanthropy, technology, and science.
1: Welcome to the Data Binge Podcast, a library of discussions with technologists and business leaders, focusing on the human relationship with
0: technology, three,
2: two, one, deploy. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. Thank you for joining. And as always, I'm thinking of everyone who could potentially be listening to this and sending you some positivity and energy as you navigate yet another end of the year and another season of our lives. This idea of seasons of life, Has really been making me think a lot lately i've been having a couple conversations about it with close friends and it makes complete sense to me when you think about the year in the realm of or in the framework of seasons every year we launch into spring and it feels like and this is just for me goals lose weight make money do this do that become a better father do all these you know these things i'm trying to accomplish Then comes summer, and for me and my family, this means trips and beach and getting the kids outside and a few moments of presence and laughter, working on the car, cleaning the garage, listening to some music, some things that are a little bit more relaxing, like the pace slows down. And then, of course, we roll into fall. And fall, for me, just personally, this time of year consistently feels like I have to be very strategic about what and with whom, and I spend my time and reflection and getting better and all these different things. And finally, here comes winter, which we're currently in now. And the more I reflect on this particular time, for me, this is a time of just nestling in. It's a time to miss some internal deadlines, turn off alarms when possible, of course. Index and do as much as I possibly can to make others smile to bring some some goodness into their lives, to help my kids get cozy, give them experiences and things that I really enjoyed during Christmas season or the holidays, et cetera, uh, and, and doing the same for others. Thinking of the year in this way, I think it just, it helps give me permission and authority to show up relative to what is healthy emotionally. This season is really about giving, learning how to give or in its simplest form, doing a task or collection of tasks that will brighten someone else's life. It's the giving season for me. Today's episode is going to be all about giving. AngelAid is a nonprofit that provides mental health and wellness services for mothers of children with rare diseases. A rare disease is defined as one that affects fewer than 200,000 people. Even amongst accelerating scientific advancement, even today over 7,000 rare diseases are still without a cure and only about 5% of them have treatments. There are roughly 350 million people globally with rare diseases, around half are children. Mothers of children with rare diseases or rare mothers are the primary caregiver 82% of the time. This is all new stuff I learned in this conversation. Today's conversation is a Simply Tech Live interview recorded Wednesday, October 27th, featuring my co-host Ali Mazahari and our special guests, Crystal Barrett O'Laughlin and Smriti Bhattacharya. Crystal's the founder and CEO of AngelAid and joins to talk about the organization's mission, the experience of caretakers in the rare disease community and the role of technology and digitization in creating community and impact for nonprofits, some really Really amazing content there. You are also going to hear from Smriti, a senior software engineer at Microsoft and a rare mother. Smriti will be contributing her story and her experience to the conversation so we can all gain a little more proximity to the mission of angel aid and how we can all learn more about how to support these incredible caretakers around the world. This was a just a brilliant conversation that Crystal and Smriti brought to bear for us. And more than anything else, it really helped me understand more that there are folks at every level of our daily or weekly interaction, professional, personal, what have you, who are working so hard to overcome challenges that we we don't have, we simply don't see, or that we just have no proximity to. And these very special people have stories. And when they share these stories, they really inspire us and help us to be stronger. And this is what the culmination of the stories you're gonna hear today have done for me. To learn more about Angel Aid Cares and their mission, you can simply navigate to angelaidcares.org with more links made available in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope this season finds you in your own season of emotional wealth and health. And hopefully that season is a season of giving. Happy holidays to you and your loved ones. And now we bring you Crystal, Crystal, and Smriti. Okay, looks like we're live. Hey everyone, welcome to Simply Tech Live. This is your first time tuning in. Simply Tech Live is a collection of discussions with technologists and business leaders on the evolving landscape of technology. And you know, technology means mixed reality, cloud computing, CRM, ERP, all the fun stuff we typically like to talk about, but today's conversation is different. Ali, tell us about what's going on today.
3: Well, we are in October and October for Microsoft employees uh, has a special meaning. We have our Microsoft gift program. Uh, this is where that people like you, like me, we try to figure out you know, what would be the cause that we want to either like support or donate there are many causes. For me, this is a very special time of the year. Although you know, we do support all these communities and causes throughout the year, but this is where we're going to really focus on making sure that we as uh, one Microsoft team. We're gonna go and help people that they have special needs. Uh, you know, there are many causes that is near and dear to everyone. Uh, for me, it started when uh, Sam, my son, was diagnosed with type one diabetes, which was about seven years ago. Through the Microsoft GIF program, I've been supporting JDRF. I also, you know, supported many other organizations related to AIDS and MS. Uh, you name it. By the way, before we kind of jump into the discussion today. What give means to you, Derek?
2: You know, I really appreciate this month. Uh, I'm wearing my Microsoft T-shirt today just to remind me what a special organization we belong to, right? And and one of the folks that we're going to be talking to today, folks are going to meet Smriti, and she's a senior software engineer at Microsoft. She has a wonderful story. And it's all these little nuanced stories that come together to create our human experience and and we have this opportunity, right, like we do right now, Ali, not only to donate and, and to monetarily fund things that we really believe in, to change people's hearts and minds and lives, we can also donate our time and start elevating the voices of others that really have some re- very special stories that I think need attention, because that attention is going to bring together communities that can really inspire and help each other. And that's what I think Angel Aid really does when I, when I take a look at their organization. So, really happy to have this conversation today.
3: Maybe it's a good time to bring over our awesome guests for today's session and let them introduce themselves as well. And we're going to dig into the conversation with them.
2: Absolutely. I hope folks are ready. We're going to meet Smriti Bhattacharya and we'll also meet Crystal Barrett O'Loughlin. Uh, Smriti is with Microsoft and Crystal is the CEO and founder of Angel Aid. All right. You guys are live. Hello.
0: There we are. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Welcome to Simply Tech Live. I know that we've been planning this for a uh, couple of weeks now. Before we uh, ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, and you know why you're on this program today, it's kind of interesting how Crystal and I connected via LinkedIn. And something that is kind of I shared later on with Crystal was that when I first got the message on LinkedIn, I actually didn't pay too much attention because I thought that's gonna be one of those spams that you get. And then later in the day, I read through it and I said, Oh my God, we need to connect. And you know, the rest is history. But just to be sure, I didn't share my Microsoft email with her. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she talk about securities and things like this. But again, it's amazing how. Things happen for a reason. So thank you for reaching out, and uh, super glad that we connected. And we'll see what we can do together moving forward. So maybe with that, uh, we ask uh, Smriti to introduce herself, and then we're going to get to you, Crystal.
1: Hey, uh, I'm Smriti Bhattacharya. I work full time at Microsoft. I've been with Microsoft for about five years now. I'm a senior software engineer. I'm also a twin mom. I became a twin mom about four years ago and one of my child is a rare child yeah that's
3: thank you very much for being here and i know that it took us some time to convince you to be in front of a camera so kudos to you uh this is not an easy thing but uh we'd love to see you your Beautiful smile on the screen, and again, thank you, Crystal, for introducing us to Smirni. Even though we're working in the same company, but with hundred thousand employees, like you know, you always you know meet new people and hear new stories. Crystal, how about you?
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I'm just thrilled to be here. I'm so happy to see your faces. And uh, as Derek mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of Angel Aid Cares. Uh, We started AngelAid back in the year 2000, so this is our 21st year. Our intent has always been around philanthropy and charitable causes, and over the last four years, we've had a real keen focus on the mental health and wellness of caregivers. So we're all about caregivers and wellness and mental health, and that's the perfect month and the perfect time for us to be having this conversation you mentioned the GIVE program. It's also Mental Health Awareness Month for the month of October. So um, so I'm excited for the conversation today. I'm very, very honored to be here.
3: Perfect. So to open up the, the conversation and the dialogue, maybe I start talking a little bit about you know our journey. And uh, again, I've been seeing my wife going through this journey, having a kid with like a chronic disease, uh, like type one diabetes. When we first uh, heard the news at a hospital at 2 a.m. in the morning, both of us, we knew a lot about the diabetes. Uh, We were impacted by diabetes. I lost my grandfather at the young age of 65 because of type two diabetes. Uh, My wife lost her mom at the age of six because of the same condition. So we always had this fear of this thing called diabetes. And then hearing the word from the, the doctor at the ER that, hey, your son has type 1 diabetes, it was like a shock. And uh, one thing that happened to us the day after as he was admitted to the hospital and we kind of go into the shock trying to figure out what this new normal will look like, we had this uh, session with one of the nurses and what she explained, uh, she had an interesting uh, analogy. So she came with two giant jars. In one of the jars, you had these tiny little balls, different colors. And then the second jar was just more like a bigger size ball. And what she told us that you know, your life before your son was diagnosed is this jar with all those tiny little balls. These are all the really non-important things that you occupy your brain. And this one is your new normal after your son is diagnosed these are what really matters now you can still put tiny little bit of those you know smaller balls inside but there's not enough space for everything and you need to kind of shift and focus on what really matters and that's your well-being and your son's well-being when you go sit on an airplane the first thing you hear is that you know in case of emergency you need to put the mask on yourself first then your kid and your child so this is where there's this thing in the diabetes, type 1 diabetes community that we call the parents type 3. They're not dealing with the condition, but they're equally impacted with the challenges and, you know, the hardship and it's a continuous nonstop effort. So maybe we can talk to Smiria a little bit about her journey. And I'm sure, Kutzfeldt, you have your uh, story as well. So let's go from there.
2: Smriti, yeah, we'd love to, love to learn a little bit more about your experience with your children. You know, we had to scrape you away from Microsoft today. It means you're very, very good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we wanted to bring you in to talk about that experience. You know, how did you feel as a mother? You know, what are some of the things that you challenge, your challenge with, especially working at one of the most high performance businesses in the world? Just love to just hear a little bit more about that entire experience from you.
1: Yeah, so... I had a similar experience, like Ali said, you know, uh, when I was pregnant with the twins, every scan was normal. And then the boys were born. They were born like full term, which is rare for twins. And then they discovered one of my boys, Kean, had anatomical issues. They rushed him to the children's hospital where, you know, they discovered he had something called Bacterl. Uh, syndrome. And that's basically, he had a few renal, spinal and anorectal abnormalities. Most of the issues were addressed surgically. So like the first year, my little baby boy went through like uh, six major surgeries, including one for spine, things like that, so that he could have a normal life, like, you know, he could walk properly and things like that. So it, it the last four years have been a roller coaster, you know, from the initial shock of discovering something like that, like we were not prepared for it. I and mean, nobody is, to be honest, right? You know, I was thrown in, like being a twin mom, um, they were my first kids, like thrown into the deep end of parenting and then dealing with uh, medical issues. It has been a roller coaster. And I think Ali put it Beautifully, like prioritization is everything with uh, my work life, with my children, like having a proper schedule. Uh, So, yeah, that's how it has been. Um, It was emotionally draining for our whole family. This is our new normal now, and we're, you know, coming to terms with it. But, you know, there was PTSD and a lot of things that we went through over the last four years. So... uh like everybody else,
3: or as a parent, when we go through this type of hardship, there is a state of shock. And then there is a state of acceptance. And then there is this feeling that, hey, am I the only one that is dealing with this situation? If uh, you have read Satya's book, Hit Refresh, I mean, he kind of touches to that moment, right? The next thing that happened to us and my wife was really kind of figuring out like, you know, who are the others that already dealt with this type of uh, situation and try to get some emotional support. And this is where, you know, in our case, we uh, found JDRF. Uh, There were like organizations like Padre. And when you start communicating to other parents and see other kids with the same condition, you see that, hey, this is not the end of the world. So there are people that already went through this. And they kind of pay it forward by helping others, and uh, the beauty of it is, before you know it, you become a mentor or somebody who's going to help others. So again, to me, this pay it forward notion of this effort is even you know more impactful than dealing with the condition, which you know it's, it's part of our daily life. Maybe you can share a little bit how you met Crystal, and then let's. Find out what Crystal has been doing the past 20 years, uh, helping others.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, last year the pandemic hit and everything went virtual. And I have always participated in hackathons. And this time I participated in a hack for good project, uh, helping this nonprofit go online, you know. Seemed like an interesting challenge given the situation at that time. And I think it was like the universe kind of conspired to bring us together because uh, I ended up not doing something technical. I took up, you know, translation of a workbook book that Crystal's organization uh, publishes for uh, Rare Moms. And as I went through the translation, you know, I realized that, hey, maybe I am part of this, you know, like uh, while I'm here, to do this hack for good project. It seems like this is my story as well, you know, and that's how Crystal and I connected. And I'm so grateful like this, an organization out there like this, because like I said, like it was, uh, you know, I was shocked, like that initial shock and the lack of support to finding other community members who've gone through this, it had been very challenging and uh, to have an organization like Angel Aid out there, you know, just the fact that it's out there, you know, it was a huge revelation, a huge support factor for me. Perfect. Crystal?
0: Yes, I'm just, I have chills up and down my arms right now. You know, my heart is just swelling with love. And I do believe that this was, the universe conspiring and divine intervention, whatever you'd like to think of it. When Smriti came to our Hack for Good team, we had, this was, I think, our third hackathon at this point with the Microsoft team. And the pandemic really impacted our business in ways you may never even think about. And really, any nonprofit was hit by the pandemic experience. But for Angelaid in particular, we were conducting all of our mental health and wellness support services in person so to suddenly not be able to bring women together how you know what what is the plan well we always had a plan to digitize that was just in 3 5 years down the road so as soon as we canceled all our support services, I started lighting candles and manifesting a solution. And it came in the form of a woman named Brenda Brewer, who is our champion at Microsoft and nominated Angelaid to be part of the Hack for Good program. So by getting into that, we got access to just this incredible network of employee volunteers. And the Microsoft employee volunteers are the ones that digitized all of our support services, helped launch our online global portal, helped relaunch our website, helped us develop our brand identity. Things that you might not think of technical teams doing like language translation, right? And we had put out a call for translating our sustainable rare mother methodology. We have a guidebook and it's a 32-page guidebook, and we wanted to translate into Hindi, um, Spanish, French, German, and simplified Chinese. And Smriti raised her hand and said, "Oh, I'll help with the Hindi translation." And then you heard her story, right? She's going through it. She's going, "Wait a second, this is for me. I'm a rare mother. That I let me do this exercise again, right?" And so we've had these conversations. So since then, Smriti, you've participated in our um, virtual wellness retreats, you've participated in our support groups, and you've been just such a such a voice of support for so many other rare mothers worldwide. So thank you.
3: And Smriti, I know that you need to get back to your busy schedule. So on behalf of Derek and myself and Simply Tech Live and Crystal, we just want to thank you for giving us this time to share your story. This is not an easy thing, especially when you do a, a live broadcast. But now that you've done this, you see, you know, there was- You're a pro. <laughs> we want to have you back and we want to perhaps focus more on, you know, your career, your journey as a woman in tech, because that's another thing that Derek and I, we emphasize, right? Causes like this and to bring this voices up and, you know, share with the a broader audience. So thank you again, and hopefully we're going to see you back on this show soon.
1: Thank you. Thank you
3: very much. (laughs) Bye-bye,
2: Smriti. Thank you. All right. So now we're going to focus a little bit on the technology. <laughs> right. We're gonna talk about some tech. We're gonna talk about your organization a little bit more. Crystal, we're gonna talk about how folks can actually help the mission in the organization. Before before we do that, when we were kind of prepping for this discussion, you mentioned, you know, this digitization of services and all these different capabilities. And you're talking about translation and you're talking about folks not being able to meet in person. There's a lot that you had to say. And I was really taken aback by how much you you knew. You were talking to me almost like one of our customers you're really talking to me like a business person trying to to run an, an organization and the need to do that uh, and the need for digital obvious. So can you talk just holistically about what that means? And you can even talk outside of how you think nonprofits can be better accelerated by technology in the future.
0: Sure, absolutely. Well, It's funny you picked up on that, Derek. I did spend ten years at IBM, so um, so I do have a technology background. Um, (laughs) Now it makes sense. (laughs) And then I've spent about twenty five years working in advertising and marketing as well. So I tend to kind of think in terms of audience and strategy and marketing campaigns and. When you put that against the backdrop of a mission based organization like Angelaid, you know, Angelaid started 20 years ago as a passion project. It was not a vocation, it was not my job. It was something that I did on the side while I was working at IBM and and running an agency. And and I started it with a group of Pi Beta Phi uh, UCLA sorority sisters with the intent to raise money. To treat a rare disease called mucopolysaccharidosis. Three of my four older brothers had passed away from this disease, right? So David, Jared, and Randy were 12, 18, and 19 years old when they passed away. And The tragedy of that experience and the impact on our family from a caregiving standpoint. You can imagine caring for two healthy children and three terminally ill children, right, within the family. So that became the impetus for starting Angel Aid. And I have to say, I've witnessed the power of philanthropy gathering together through, you know, living room parties and other events every single dollar going into these research grants. And one of our research grants from 2002 went on to be the standard of care for young men with MPS today. So instead of passing away in their teens, these young men are going on infusion and going off to college. And so I've witnessed it. And technology is accelerating the pace of drug development so much, that in my lifetime i know we're going to see cures for these rare diseases but that's where i kind of see the intersection of philanthropy technology and science and now in the new iteration of angel aid focused on caregiver support you know we're we're standing at a crossroads all over the place and i love to talk about it so let's keep talking about it where do you, where do you want to go next
3: and so one question for you how the journey with microsoft started
0: absolutely so we made a choice really early on. Um, as I mentioned to you, we were a charitable organization. But in 2018, I actually sold my advertising agency and went full into uh, running AngelAid as a 501c3. So we incorporated. And we had a choice to start in California and grassroots kind of grow from here or start global and grow globally from the get-go. So our stated goal is we want to support 3.5 million rare mothers um, by 2025. So the only way we're gonna achieve a goal like that is if we're using mobile first technologies, right? So we have to start thinking in those terms from the very beginning. And we have to think about uh, multilingual support. So if we're going to cross borders and cross cultures, then we're going to need to have multilingual support. So technology is fundamental to our growth um, plans and growth strategy. And it was not a technology outreach that brought Microsoft into our lives. It was one of those divine intervention things again, right? So there's these keep happening and it's too too um, perfect to be a coincidence. But I had gone on women's wellness retreat in Montana. And one of your team members, Brenda Brewer, had an interest in going on the same retreat. And because I had worked for IBM and Brenda was working for Microsoft, the retreat um, host thought we should talk. And so Brenda and I got to talking and, you know, we all know this, we have to step away from technology in order to sometimes see the true value and accelerate the next phase of of tech development. Like you got to get back to your roots. You got to get back into nature. Like nature is the perfect technology world, right? It's sort of like this, well, now I'm going to get super ethereal, but anyways, um, my, my point is, is stepping away and getting offline can really accelerate what you then go back to online. And that's what I felt when I, when I went to Montana and hung out with 200 Appaloosa horses at the Derrida Detour retreat, Brenda ended up going on the same retreat and we had these epiphanies separately, you know, but wanted to share our experiences. And so we started talking about once a month. And then the pandemic hit and she called me up and she said, how are you weathering this? And I said, we're not weathering this. We had to cancel everything. And she said, I'm going to nominate you for this hack for good program. And it almost makes me cry because it was the, it does make me cry. (laughs) It was the perfect moment for when we needed the support to have this like super hacker community come into our world and she said pick one project and and i said oh no, 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 I need eight. And she goes, no, no, you can't run eight projects in a hackathon. I go, no, we can We can run eight work streams in a hackathon. I'm gonna show you how we're gonna do it. And we're gonna recruit for specific skills <laughs> for all eight of these. So we did, we ran eight simultaneous work streams and it accelerated the pace of our support services in such a transformational way. We started with seven women right now we're supporting over 600 families in 36 countries. We would not have been able to do that if it wasn't for the Hack for Good team and the Microsoft relationship.
3: Wow. So so what's next?
0: Okay. So 3.5 million is next, 3.5 billion uh, mothers. And let me just make this point that rare is not rare. Right? So it's a total misnomer. One in 10 Americans have a rare disease. One in 15 people worldwide, right? So we aggregate all of these 7,000 different rare diseases under the term of rare disease, but you've heard of these diseases. Uh, Multiple sclerosis is a rare disease. Cystic fibrosis, um, Tay-Sachs, Duchenne, um, mucopolysaccharidosis. Some of them are ultra-rares but the definition of a rare disease in the United States is less than 200,000 patients worldwide. Okay. So these are our friends. These are our neighbors. You just saw, these are our colleagues at work like Smriti, right? She certainly wasn't coming to work every day, talking about her lived experience with her son, Kian, but her reality was that life is very complex and um, like you're your jar analogy, Ali, you know, she focuses on the few things she can. The thing that tends to get dropped off the the triage list of what needs to get done each day is her time, her self-care, her wellness. And I've had a number of conversations with Smriti and you and I have talked about it. And I talk with rare mothers and fathers every day that just being reminded and given permission and given inspiration to take care of yourself is so empowering. It's like, oh, that's right. (laughs) I'm supposed to do that too, right? But that is the key to sustaining the whole family. If the parents are doing well, everybody in the family is going to thrive. And um, if you want to look at it from a business standpoint, we're having really deep conversations with payers like United Healthcare about proactively supporting the health and wellness of the parents, of the caregivers, is going to decrease the stress on um, the payers and the providers and the medical systems because you're getting ahead of it. Right. And we're already doing these kinds of support services in other caregiving, more mature caregiving environments like military and veterans caregiving and senior care, and even in disease spaces like breast cancer support. If you get diagnosed with breast cancer, you're probably going to get a call from a nurse within your insurance company saying, What can we do to support you? Because they know if they get ahead of it, that the family will do better, the patient will thrive and do better. The same is true in the rare disease space, and that's what angel aid is all about is just providing support for the caregiver proactively so that the whole system, you know, the whole family can can thrive.
2: now Crystal, one of the things you were saying, and this locked me into what angel aid is doing and why it's so important. and and, and I think Ali taught me a little bit about this as well. I mean, just Ali, you've never shared that jar jar story with me. And maybe at the time I only had one child when we talked about this on the podcast, but now that's resonating even more. I'm thinking about that right now as a parent, but Crystal, you said 80% of of caretakers of children with rare diseases are mothers. And I'm guessing a lot of these folks have full-time jobs. So I'm imagining being a parent, I mean, I am a parent, but and it's hard. It is so hard, like me and my wife don't have the same relationship, I don't have the same relationship with myself, and I have two healthy children. And I just can't imagine having additional things, additional places to put my time and fear and anxiety and energy and how that would disrupt my job and my relationships as they exist today. And, you know, Smriti and folks like her are doing this almost in a vacuum without any, any signs of difficulty. I mean, I, I talked to Ali. Ali is, works harder and, and smarter and more efficiently than anyone else I know. He's one of the most positive people in the world, but he's been carrying that burden. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen and, and how you're helping these folks perform better or, or more well?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, work can be a great escape, right? I mean, work is self-care, especially when you're working at a company like Microsoft that is sensitized and culturally supportive of work-life balance, right? So tech companies tend to be leaders in this idea that we need to have balance in the first place, right? And so when we're working with parents, uh, you mentioned that statistic and you're right. 82% of the time, the caregivers are mothers. They're the primary caregiver. We never exclude fathers from our support services. It's just our idea that if we can come in, yeah, you got it, Ali. If we can come in through the mother, that this is a great way to start conversations about mental health and wellness. And we're lucky. We're living in a culture now where these aren't taboo conversations anymore. Um, We just went through the Olympics, right? And you had athletes stepping forward saying, I'm not in a place mentally where I can perform for myself or you today physically. So I'm going to step out of this competition. We've got, you know, Billie Eilish and pop stars and actors and actresses talking openly about postpartum depression and depression and anxiety and all of these things that we've been feeling even more intensely because of the isolation of the pandemic and disruptions in home and work life and medical uncertainty, right? So this pandemic experience is almost like the great leveler for all of us. And like you said, Derek, even more so for rare families because, or any family with a special needs child or adult, or our military and veteran families, our senior, our caregivers, right? I mean, so again, we're we're all on the same playing field here in terms of trying to manage our emotions, and what often happens in a rare family, and there's an awesome article, Psychology Today article on the different kinds of support services that we might need, right? And so it helps to talk about those because then you start going, oh, okay, I see the difference. So the Psychology Today article, and you could Google or Bing Psychology Today Rare Disease Families, and you'll find it. It's really easy. Um, They talk about informational support and tangible support, emotional support, and companionship. So informational and tangible support, that's like, what is this disease? What are the symptoms? How do I manage those symptoms? How do I find a doctor or a specialist? Is there a clinical trial? Is there a treatment? Uh, How do I get my insurance claims covered, right? That's the triage list. That's information intangible. That's living with the disease. What the Psychology Today article found is that the relief actually comes from the emotional support And the companionship, the connectedness, knowing that you're not going through this experience alone is what makes it tolerable. Right? It's, it's, and I talk to rare families every day. I'm not asking you to cure my disease. I just want to know I'm not alone going through this. Go ahead, Ali. And
3: and this is what I loved about your organization because, like any of these rare conditions, they're kind of unique in their own way. They bring a different kind of challenge to the family, to the kid, to the parents. But there is also a commonality. And that's where that, you know, you can kind of get together with others. Maybe they're coming from different background or, you know, different challenges. But again, it gives you a different perspective that this is not the end of the world. And, you know, we can help each other. By the way, we have Jose just put a comment. Thank you, Jose, for watching us and he says that great point a lot of time focuses on those you care for and sometimes you know you forget about yourself to take care of and um the second point on like being a mom versus a dad to me the special connection between a mom and a child it's something that you cannot have it between a father and a child it's going to be a different thing right so having the the emotional wellness of a mom with somebody who's dealing with their, you know, kid with a rare disease is much more important. I mean, to me, that's the, the foundation, even though like, you know, yes, dad needs support too. I'm right here. <laughs> but uh, I, I think what you're doing is really, really impactful in terms of, you know, bringing this care and awareness to all these families. And I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed that we connect and thank you.
0: I think there's some sort of divine LinkedIn algorithm or something because Ali, I, I I literally was looking for a way to broadcast live within Microsoft as part of our WellFest experience. And you popped up on LinkedIn and then, and then started chatting about, I reached out to you and you're a little wary, I get it um, at first, but I reached out to you. But then isn't that wild that you would have this connection to to rare disease? And this is what I've been saying to Microsoft and to any other corporation on the planet. This is one in 10 of your employees in the United States. This is one in 15 of your employees worldwide, this is not rare. How we address and support your community of employees can be really transformational. You wanna talk about productivity, right? Let's let these folks be seen. And you know, I talked with Andrew Wilson because Andrew Wilson is the chief digital officer at Microsoft and he interviewed me as part of our Give campaign the digital team at Microsoft um, adopted Angel Aid as one of the Give campaigns that they put some energy behind promoting. And we were talking about self-care. And Andrew was talking about how, as a leader, how important it is that he demonstrate balance work-life balance and that he talk about the things that he does for stress relief. So he was talking all about Lego. He likes to build the Millennium Falcon and all of these. Like, I, um, <laughs> I know, who doesn't? Who doesn't love Lego, right? So he was talking about Lego. He was talking about his own experiences growing up in the U.K., and he doesn't have a rare disease, but he has a rare lived experience, which is being, you know, six foot eight. He's a huge human. And um, and he was talking about how his parents, he was just growing so fast. It was painful, right? His body was growing so fast. And they were just trying to feed him enough. And, you know, he, he remembers the energy behind that. And so, you know, I feel like there's so many opportunities for us to and be connected as a human race and don't feel like there's this group, but this community of people called rare disease families or rare disease patients, right? Again, these are your friends. These are your neighbors. These are your colleagues at work. And as you see the fundraisers, you know, come across your plate, like just open up your heart and flex that empathy muscle and just know that, just like you, they're doing the best that they can. And all of us are worthy of the same love and energy that we give to others. So, I mean, we're givers as people. We just give and give and give, right? We just forget to give to ourselves. And that is um, that is the roadmap for sustainable um, wellness in the family is to start with yourself and then echo out from there.
3: So, this Friday is going to be the last day for the Microsoft Give campaign, but I know that you know your campaign is going to go on till October 31st. I also know that uh, you are flying to Seattle this week. So, can you tell a little bit about what you're going to do with the Microsoft team up in Seattle, and then how can our viewers can support your nonprofit, uh, whether they're working at Microsoft or? or not, and watching this program.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So so what AngelAid does is an offering to the world. It's called WellFest 21. So it's a month of giving, right? So we give back health and wellness offerings. So we've been doing little mini micro events all um, throughout the month, Um, especially for the Microsoft team. Every Tuesday, Thursday at 12 PM, we've been hosting um, wellness workshops. And so our last wellness workshop is tomorrow, Thursday, October 28th at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I'll be flying up to Microsoft to do some grassroots fundraising. So we're going to be in Millennium E at the cafe, and we're going to be handing out um, flyers and inviting people to make donations. So for Microsoft employees and GitHub employees, your donations are actually matched all the way through the month of October, so you would go to the Benevity portal and you would look up Angel Aid Cares and you would make your donation there. The other place you could go is uh, on a SharePoint site that the Microsoft team built. It's called ms. dot aka, I'm sorry, aka. ms forward slash Angel Aid Cares. So that's a SharePoint site. And
3: then for this anybody, was, huh? Sorry, this was. Part of the, the the outcome of the hackathon. Yes, uh, you guys do this. This is awesome.
0: Yes, I mean, so we did the. Ha- I mean, they're they're related, right? They're two different programs, but we did the hackathon, and in fact, we won third place in the executive challenge, the Microsoft Executive Challenge. Awards hacker uh hacker teams that you know do monumental things. And of course we had eight work streams running, right? And we were launching like we were launching a website, and then the next day we were launching our community portal, and then we were, you know, um releasing our our guidebook in eight languages. So we were doing a lot of really heavy things. We also started work just as an aside, we started work on a future solution based on artificial intelligence. So think of this as a mashup between Netflix and uh, the Netflix ability to know who's watching, right, based on logins. We want to do voice recognition with a device like an Alexa device or some sort of um, in-home voice recognition device and have this be a virtual social workers. This is what we call angel AI. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> so angel, <laughs> angel AI would, um, would basically uh, have the ability to know who she's talking to and do proactive prompts on self-care and reminders and, and then also um, detect distress. And crisis in tone of voice, um, in word selection, and just kind of some of the exchanges that would happen. So we're going to see that in our lifetime as well. Um, We've got big plans at AngelAid, and they're all based around technology. We're so grateful for this partnership with Microsoft, which is why we invite you to support our work because we can't ask you for donations any other time of year except for October. But October, it's open field and we could ask you. So I'm asking you to please donate and support our work. Just go to the Benevity portal and add your donation there. And for anyone else that's outside of Microsoft or GitHub I also need your support. We have a goal of $200,000 to raise through our month of giving this year. So you can go straight to angelaidcares.org. It's A-N-G-E-L-A-I-D-C-A-R-E-S.org, angelaidcares.org. And you can do two really cool things there. One, you can click on the donate button. Um, which we hope you do. And the other is you can watch the live replay of our big event that we just had last Friday, uh, where we actually selected randomly from a huge group of nominees our international rare mothers of the year. So we recognized rare mothers in all four geographies across the world, North America, Latin America, EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and then the Asia Pacific region. So we had winners from, um, let's see, the United States, Sri Lanka, the UK, and, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the last one, but we, oh, um, I'm sorry, Argentina. So we had rare mothers that will be joining our global wellness retreat, again, could not have put the wellness retreat together unless it was for the Microsoft team because you gotta have a portal and you gotta have um, the multilingual support to do these things. So we'll be doing our global wellness program in January and February of 2022. And all of those individuals will be joining that program. Uh, And then we did a fifth recognition for rare carriers because as we know from 23andMe and all of these home genetic tests, we all carry a lot of different, random and rare diseases that we didn't even know about, and so we did a rare carrier recognition as well.
3: Wow, that's fantastic! And again, I'm here supporting our help to work with you and the team on all these different initiatives. We do this, you know, in our day job, and what better cause than helping others and helping you and your organization? So. I guess Derek, it's time for us to wrap. Although, you know, we can talk to Crystal for hours and hopefully we can bring her back as well uh, to talk more as, you know, she is making progress with all these different projects. Thank you for your positive energy. And
2: you know, I, I think I picked up I, I, I would have needed the Angel AI last night, and I think it would have picked up some distress in the room when I turned <laughs> off the uh, the Disney Plus channel. Uh, <laughs> like kids would be, eru- erupted in sadness and uh, and disquiet. So, but no, this has been this has been a, an amazing opportunity with you, Crystal, myself, and Ali. We learn so much from having our guests on this on this live program. And uh, we don't do this to market ourselves or to create riffs in in the world for why people should be working with with Microsoft. We do it because. You know, there really is a learning at scale here and we're getting to know each other. And I think all these different connections, you, you were getting ethereal earlier, but I think that etherealness is true as we share more stories and we connect with ourselves in our environments. I think it, it means something greater than just doing work in a silo like we, we typically do. So we love having you on and we can't wait to do this again with you in the future.
0: Derek, thank you. And Ali, thank you. And you, you, it's interesting that you rounded it all out to storytelling, right? Because isn't that, isn't that what we're doing in this hour? It's not just a bunch of statistics. It's not a bunch of examples. It's sharing the lives of real people. And, um, and at AngelAid, that's so important. That's fundamental to us that we bring these stories to the public. So, If you do have time to watch the replay of our event, um, our first episode of Voice of the Rare Mother. And we actually were able to take a film crew into the household of Gabby Konecker and her son, Elliot. And just, it's a three minute video, but it is a glimpse into the life of this rare family and what it's like to care for Elliot, who needs 24-7 care. And there's such joy that comes through um, from the family. And everybody's involved in Ear- Elliot's care, the grandparents, his uh, little sister, Vega, and obviously the mother and the father. And I think that's, if I leave you with one thing, that there is a lot of chronic stress, there is a lot of distress In caring for a child with a terminal illness, there also is great joy and grace and honor in caring for these young children and sometimes adults, patient adults, and the families that are doing that heavy lifting, that hard work, and also the bereaved families that have lost their children and their adult patients. Those families, those are the most loving, the most empathetic, the most giving families, I think, on the planet. So it's just my great honor to do this work. It doesn't feel like work. I thank you for creating the space to talk about it today. And I hope we get a chance to collaborate again in the future. Thank you very
3: Absolutely. much. And we're going to put all the links that you shared as part of this broadcast so people can go and take a look at it.
2: No, no. I think this is an amazing show and I want to leave uh, folks with the lasting uh, thoughts from Crystal. So thank you for joining the discussion. Make sure you follow Simply Tech Live and we're sure to be continue to create amazing content that I think that everyone will love. So thanks for tuning in.
3: Have a great day.
0: Thank you.
2: All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and having some fun with us in the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me on LinkedIn or at russ network d-r-u-s-s network on twitter or instagram and you can also reach out to me anytime via email at derek at the data binge.com the data binge podcast is a personal thought form where we share knowledge and ideas views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of my employer microsoft i really hope you enjoyed thanks a lot